you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I want to talk about walking in the ways of the Lord. Amen. And I, I was, I didn't know I was going to preach uh, this morning. And sometime ago I had wrote this, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I put things in my Bible sometimes. <laughs> Little pieces of paper. And the Lord wanted to remind us today that there's a way we need to walk that's pleasing unto him. Amen. I've been talking a lot about, last week I preached about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of the Lord, talking a lot about prayer and worship, that that's the only way to get before the Lord. That's the only way you're going to get an answer from the Lord. I was reading yesterday in the book of Genesis, and I was looking at when Abraham left his father's house and he, he went to Canaan, and he built an altar to the Lord there. And he offered a sacrifice. And the Lord remembered, reminded me, we need an altar where we can go before him and offer him the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving and worship. See, we can't offer an animal or nothing like that right now, but we can offer ourselves. We can offer the sacrifice of worship and praise. There's a way to bless the Lord. See, we always wanted him to bless us. But one of the greatest things you can do for the Lord is worship Him. Obey Him. Walk in His ways. You know, I say it a lot. Now, I can't go to your house and make you do that. You're going to have to do it as unto the Lord. Your relationship with God demands you to worship Him. And believe me, it's not hard. Because if you love Him, you're going to worship Him. If you love Him, you're going to sing songs unto Him. If you love him, you're going to give him thanks. Hallelujah. I was thinking this morning while I was, I was praying, I said, Lord, thank you for all the goodness you've done in my life. How you reached out and you touched me. Where would I be without him today? And he loved me all the way. <laughs> Come on. No matter how messed up I got sometimes, he still reached out to me and he loved me. And he still held, reached out and says, Lenny, I'm here. Like I said, yes, last week when I was preaching, I said, he's there every minute of the day. He's every, every second. He's there. Even when we're not so faithful, he's faithful. Come on, somebody. Even when it seems like we're weak, he's strong. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to walk in his ways. I said it, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to sound like a broken wreck. I believe it's in the, the, it's in the spirit of the Lord to bless you. I believe he wants to bless you. I believe that's the character of God to bless his children. Come on. I love my children and my wife more than anything on this earth. And there was nothing I wouldn't do for them because I love them. How much more does God love you? Come on. How much more? See, my family, they got grace with me. They might get something from me you might not. They'll come ask me for something. I'll tell them, yeah, but I might tell you no. You know why? Because that is my wife. <laughs> That's my children. They got grace with me. How much more does the Lord love you? How much grace does God have for you? My Lord. I like that. I feel that, praise God. <laughs> Man, he's real. He's, he's, he loves you. He wants to take care of you. I was telling Brother Kevin that earlier. I said, you know, sometimes when God wants his will done, it always don't feel good. Sometimes the will of God doesn't feel good, right? 
When he chastens us, it doesn't feel good. When he tells us things that we need to do and, and, and we fight him, it doesn't feel good. The flesh doesn't want to obey God. Jesus was on Mount, on Mount, uh, Mount of Olives and he even, Jesus said, Lord, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, let it be. But he said, not my will. Thy will be done. Hallelujah. Okay, I didn't even open my Bible yet. I'm preaching already. Hallelujah. Chapter 4 of Ephesians. Chapter 4. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me get my spot. I should have marked it. There's, there's about four things I want to mention this morning, and I'm going to show you scriptures for it. How do we walk in the ways of the Lord? First of all, we got to walk in unity. Come on, somebody. I want you to read with me. I want to start in verse 1 of chapter 4 of, of Ephesians. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the call in which you are, were called. You know, all of us are called to be witnesses all of us are called to testify of Jesus all of us are called to worship him see the, the most powerful worship I see is when a church as a body worships God amen she Satan don't like that he hates that when my God he hates that when the people of God worship him he knows he's defeated if you ever stop to worship him if we ever stop to give him praise you know, I, I was telling somebody, I said, you know, the world is falling apart. But you know what? God doesn't want us focusing on that world. That is not, that's, that is not our home. Come on, somebody. That is not where we're going to end up. Don't put your faith in man. Put it in the Lord. Don't put it in government. Put it in the Lord. Don't put it in religious leaders. Put it in the Lord. Don't put it in a pope or rabbi or preacher. Put it in the Lord. Come on, somebody. That's, the, that's what God wants. We come before him in unity as one body in worship. The call of God on your life is to honor the Lord and worship him. And serve one another. And love one another. And come together in what? One faith. One, one baptism. One, one spirit. Amen. We come together to unite ourselves in Christ as one body. See, I'm a finger. You're told. Somebody's an ear, somebody's an eye, praise God. But it takes all of that to make one body, right? Working together in unity. You know, I feel good about the church right now. I feel that we're in pretty good unity right now. Now, I'm not saying that we're not going to have our trials, but right now I really feel there's a good spirit of unity here. People respect one another, and they love one another, and they pray for one another. That, that's what I like to see, praise God, is that we come together in unity. And he says here, let me finish reading this. With lowliness and gentleness, with loving, I mean, love, long-suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. You heard that? What Spirit? The Holy Spirit, right? To keep the unity in the Spirit in the bonds of peace. I like this verse. There is one body, one Spirit. Come on, somebody. Just as you were called into one hope, one calling, <laughs> come on, one calling, one Lord, one faith, 
One baptism. One God and Father of all. Who is above all. And, is, and, through, and, and, and through all. And in you all. She was kind of a southerner. Y'all. You all. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Hallelujah. Listen, there's not three gods in this church. There's one God. In the, in, in the spirit of, of, of the Son and the Holy Ghost and the Father. One faith. One belief. One mind. One accord. You want unity? We need to be in one faith. One baptism, one spirit, one mind, one accord, loving one another, endeavoring to keep the spirit and the unity of the faith. That's the important part. That's what we need to be looking for. That's what unity is about. Come on, somebody. We're not ever always going to agree with each other, but we can agree on this. There's one God, one Lord, and one baptism. Praise God. One spirit. Hallelujah. One God, one body. We're all in one unity. Together as one. Come on. Hallelujah. I feel that, praise God. The first thing God wants us to walk in unity. And the only way we're going to find that unity is in Jesus. In the one God and Father and Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost. That's our faith. Praise God. But what, ain't, there, ain't, ain't there anything else? No, there ain't anything else. We need to love God together. <laughs> we need to grow in the Lord together. We need to love one another. Keep the unity of the faith together. One faith. <laughs> Say it with me. One faith. One, one God. One spirit. One baptism. Hallelujah. That's it. <laughs> That's what it's about. One. Listen, I'm a, I got that one in my, 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 my mouth right now. We love him together. We grow with him together. We encourage each other together with one, one faith. Hallelujah. Okay. I'm going to finish. Well, let, let, let me go to, uh, all right. Uh, uh, I want to talk about walking love. Okay. Then we're going to talk, we're going to read in Ephesians. Hallelujah. Chapter 5, again, verse 1 and 2. Ephesians 1 and 2, verse, chapter 5. I like this verse because I learned this verse. Back in the late 90s when I was pastoring in Henderson, that one verse came out to me. He said, therefore, we're to be imitators of who? Can you see chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 1? We're to be imitators of God. What is God like? Wait a minute. What is God like to be, to, for us to imitate him? Come on. He's a loving father, but he's a just father. He's a loving father, but he's a correcting father. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He's a loving father, but he's going to put you in a place where you can fellowship with him and where you can walk with him. Listen, I'm going to read you something in a little while because we don't understand darkness has no fellowship with God. Come on, somebody. You can't walk in darkness and claim to walk in the light at the same time. When the sun comes up, you got light. When the sun goes down, you got darkness, right? They never dwell together. <laughs> when they had their full strength, the sun sits up at 12 noon, high bright. There's no darkness, no light, as long as there's no clouds or anything. Right. When, it, when, it, when, it, when the, the sun goes down, it starts getting dark. There's no light. You never see it dwelling in full strength together. 
Does that make sense? But he says here, we're to be imitators of God as dear, as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and given himself for us and offering and a sacrifice to God for our sweet smell and savor. Now watch, let me show you something. I told you, I asked myself, well, the Lord spoke tomorrow and he said, about my wife. He said, do you love your wife? I said, that's all right. Well, would you, when I go back to Ephesians, and you, verse 24, you're going to read it. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. The Lord said, would you die for her? I said, in a heartbeat. Would you take her place right now? Then you love her. As Christ gave himself on the cross for us, so you to love your wife. So I realized something. Love is not something you should say. It's something you do, right? And we're learning that every day, that we are to be the imitators of God. As he gave himself for us, we ought to give it for our brothers and sisters in the Lord, right? We ought to be able to sacrifice for others, especially those of the faith, especially those that belong to the body, your brothers and sisters in the Lord. That is what I'm talking about this morning, praise God. We're to walk in love. What did Christ do? He gave himself so much that he gave, he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. Come on. So we, we, a lot of people go to church and they say, well, you know what? I'm going to just love and I ain't going to do nothing about it. Well, love don't do that. Come on. The Bible is very clear. Jesus loved and he gave. And he made a sacrifice. Me and Boogie was talking this morning. I think he might have talked about David. About giving that when he was in battle and he, and, and he was going, he said, boy, if I can only get a drink of water from the, from the wells of Bethlehem. That was his home. And you know, he had, they had a battle going on and one man said, went with, with a cup and he, he broke through that battle line for David, risked his life, got him some water, came back and gave it to David. And David looked at it and he said, he said, I can't drink this. It's the price of blood. Come on, somebody. The Bible said that David dumped it before the Lord. The only one that was worthy of that water was the Lord. Because it, it had, came at a great price. I told Stella and Janice that this morning. I said, the problem is this. It wasn't the water itself. It's when the sacrifice was made to get it. <laughs> I said, that was the, that's what, that's what, it, that's what made it valuable. See, Jesus was on the cross, and the only one that could receive that blood was the Father. It became valuable when the sacrifice was made, and his blood was poured out at the foot of the cross, and the only one that could receive it was the Father. I thought about that. I said, man, I never saw that before. Listen, the blood of Jesus is the most valuable thing God ever made. But yet the only one that could receive it was the Father himself. It was poured out before the Lord. Hallelujah. That's love. People say, well, what is the love of God like? I don't know. I can't explain it. I can't give, open a dictionary and explain the love of God to you. It's too vast. It's, it covers too much. 
But I know it's powerful. I know it's the most powerful thing that God ever gave man. His love. Because his love is what paid that price. His love is what gave you salvation. His love is the, the price that paid that you don't have to go to hell and spend eternity with Satan. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood was poured out before the Lord. The only one that God would accept was the blood of his only son. My God, hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! I might have a Pentecostal fit up here after a while. <laughs> hey, hallelujah. Ain't, ain't God good? And the Bible says, in, in, I was, I'm going to read this to you because you can tell me you love me all you want. Big deal. You can say, I love you, Brother Lynn. I love you 50 times a day. But Paul said, don't, 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 don't come up to somebody and say, I love you just in word and tongue. But indeed, in truth, it's what you do. That's what shows the love. That's what proves to me that you're making a sacrifice for me to show me your love. You can, like I said, you can tell me you love me all the day long. Well, good, I'm glad, but I mean, that doesn't do nothing for what I, I need. It's when you do something, right? Listen, there's nothing I enjoy more than when somebody says, Berlin, we're praying for you. I love it. Because I know something's being done. They're praying for me because they love me. There's some action being taken. It's not just words that are being spoken. Hallelujah. So number one, we're just, we're to walk in unity. Number two, we're to walk in love. And number three, we're to walk in light. Now that's a tough one. I want you to turn with me real quick. And I have it written now. Uh, well, let me read chapter eight. I mean, chapter 5, verse 8 of, of uh, Ephesians. You're there right now. Then I'm going to make you turn somewhere else, okay? Uh, verse 8 says this. For you were once darkness, but now you light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. You were once in darkness. You heard me? But now you are children of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Listen, I, I have a problem when somebody says, and listen, don't take this the wrong way. When they start saying, I'm a saved sinner. You can't, there's no way possible you can be a saved sinner. You're either saved or you're lost. Now, we're not, I'm not saying we don't have, we're dealing with our flesh, okay? But in the eyes of God, you've been made right, right? In the eyes of God, you've been saved. Listen, you're growing. You're crucifying the flesh every day. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Sin is still a problem in the flesh. But I am not a saved sinner. And you're not a saved sinner. Because the Bible makes it very clear. You've been made free from the law of sin and death. The book of Romans is very There's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You're not a saved sinner. Come on, somebody. You're born again. You're going to heaven because of the blood of Jesus. But you, you, you're, not what, you're not what you were. You've been cleansed. You've been washed. The blood has covered you. I told somebody the other day and was discussing about this issue. I said, you know what? 
The only thing that's not saved in us is our flesh. And I don't justify sin in no shape or form. Listen to me. If there's, there's things you're dealing with, deal with it. Repent of it. If you don't, you could very well fall from the Lord. But if you're serving the Lord, you're growing, you're going forward, you're saved. Right? I, I know that's, that's, that's a little uh, strange for the modern gospel we hear today. But you are a child of light. You're not a child of darkness. If you're saved, you're God's child. Right? Amen. And let me, let me read, read something else here. Verse 17 of chapter 4. I'm going to go back a little bit. I'm going to read something to you. Verse 17. You know, I've been made a new man in Christ. You're a new man, a new woman. When you got born again, old things have passed away. Behold, all things became new. See, most people don't realize that. When are we ever going to get to the place where we stop calling ourselves sinners? Listen to me, praise God. I'm, I'm serious. When are we going to get to the, ever get to the place where we're going to say, I'm a new man in Christ? Old things have passed away. Listen, you can't be a saved sinner if the old sins have passed away. The old life has died. You get what I'm saying? It says here, and I'm going to read it to you. Don't believe me. Let's read the scriptures and, you, and, and you, can, you can make a decision for yourself. This I say, therefore, testify, I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the, in, in the futile of your, their mind, having their understanding darkened. Being alienated from God because of the ignorance that's in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feelings have given themselves over to lawlessness. To work all uncleanness and greediness. But you have so, if you have, let me start again. Verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have learned him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning your former conduct or life or old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And you put on a new man, <laughs> which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now listen, put on the what? A new man or a new woman. <laughs> You're not the same person anymore. You've died to that old person. That old man is dead. You heard me say that before. I have a picture on my wall. When me and Janice had got married that day, we, I was standing in front of my little Vega. I don't never know what a Vega was, but that's, that's about the junkiest little limited cars they ever made. I, but anyway, I had one. And I was looking at it, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, son, that's not you. <laughs> it looks like me when I was young, but he said, that's not you. You're not responsible for what that man done. Come on, somebody. He's dead. I don't think like him. I don't act like him. I don't feel like him. I don't want to go where he went. Something has changed. And I said, man, I said, that's right. <laughs> that person died. He's buried. He's gone. Holy Ghost, I feel the pressure. <laughs> he ain't there anymore. He's not the same selfish, corrupt person that he was. I'm not responsible for him. 
When I repented and asked Christ to come into my life, that man died. I became a new creature in Christ. Somebody following me this morning? That's why a lot of Christians don't get victory. They stay in the same mud hole all their life. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sinner. Oh, God don't want nothing. I know I went to church and I said a sinner's prayer, but look, let me tell you something. If you're born again, listen to me, you're going to change. Right? If you were serious, your life changed. Your whole life is different. There ain't, that old man ain't there anymore. Come on, somebody. We're to walk in the light. We're to walk in the light. You can't live and eat at the devil's table and the Lord's table at the same time. You're to go toward the light. You're not to follow corruption and sin. The things of this world, I feel the presence of God, brother. I say, but let me preach it. <laughs> you can't follow the world and live for God. Love not the world, First John says, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. That's the one saved, always saved verse. If you do God's will, you're going to abide forever. <laughs> if you follow the Lord, you're going to live forever. Nobody can pull you out of God's hand. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Yes. No power, no principalities can take you away from the Lord. If you follow his word and do what he says. And love him and serve him and worship him and place your life and surrender unto him. Praise God. Nobody will take you out of that will. He'll never let you go. My, I feel that. Praise God. He'll never let you go. You're a new man. A new woman. <laughs> a new person. In Christ. That old, that old lady died, Yvette. <laughs> Stop looking for that old person, the puppet. He's dead. He died. We buried him in the river somewhere. Hallelujah. He's gone. Walk in the light. <laughs> stop, stop reminiscing on your, your failures and your darkness of the past. Let that, well, I don't know why people want to brag on how, how sinful they were. I was one time with some guys one time, and they were Christians. Oh, let me tell you what I used to do, man. Let me tell you what I was. I, I don't want to hear that mess. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Tell me what you're doing now. How Jesus is changing your life. That's the encouragement I need. That's the encouragement you need, right? Tell me how to overcome. Tell me how I feel, man. Tell me how to have victory. Tell me how to overcome the devil, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hallelujah. My God. Y'all say amen or ouch or something. <laughs> Walk in the light as he is in the light. The next one, verse 15 of chapter 5 of Ephesians. Well, let me do this before I go ahead of myself. I want to read John. You can turn there. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. I want to show you something about the light again. I, I'm preaching. I'm going ahead of myself. Say, Slow down, brother. <laughs> Slow down. 1 John. Chapter, no, 1 John chapter 1, verses 5. It says here, now remember, you'll never have fellowship with God till you have surrendered your heart to Him. If there's things in your heart, there's bitterness and anxiety, unforgiveness, uh, lust, pride, 
All these things are the things that separate you from fellowship with God. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Those things are not worth it. You hear me? It's not worth holding on to pride and all these things I just told you about and selfishness and unforgiveness to miss out on the Lord. God wants us in fellowship with him. And it goes on, he says this. This is the message which you have heard from him. Talking about Jesus. And declaring unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness. You can't be in darkness and have fellowship with God. I didn't write this, okay? You cannot walk in sin and rejection of Jesus and think God's going to hear you. The only prayer he wants from you, God, I'm a, I need to be saved. I need, I, I've sinned against you. Forgive me and help me to overcome. He loves those kind of prayers. He loves that when you do that because it shows a surrendered heart, right? He says that God is light and in him there's no darkness. If you say you have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. That's, what it's, that's the word it says, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. See, the only time we can fellowship with one another, with God, is when we start fellowshiping one another. That's the, that's the unity right there, the first, the first part I talked about. When we're in fellowship with, with the Father, we're going to be in fellowship with one another. We're going we're to we're gonna love one another. See, you can't be connected to, to the love of God and not share that with somebody else, right? You can't be connected with God, the love of God and not forgive somebody else or help someone else or do something that, that represents that you are in the light. Does that make sense to you? Listen, I can't love my wife like she needs to be loved to first love God or Jesus, right? And that's the whole thing. I had some guys tell me one time they were talking about intimacy with God. That means closeness with the Lord. And they said, I said, you, 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 I can tell you how much you love your wife. How much you love God on how you treat your wife. One guy got mad. <laughs> and you know what? It's the truth. If I love God, I'm going to love you. If I love God, I'm going to love my wife, right? I'm going to want fellowship with her or with you. Because I have fellowship with him. And how am I have fellowship with him if I don't walk in darkness, right? So that's the principle of fellowshipping with God. We can't be in darkness in fellowship with the Lord. Listen, I know when I've offended someone, and I know when I've offended God. When there's something not right, my, my prayer life's not right. See, listen to me. When there's something inside of me that's not right, I could feel it. I could feel my fellowship with God is not right. I could feel my, my spirit is not right. Seriously. I can't fellowship. I can't pray. I had one time I was going through something one time and it was heavy. And there was something inside of my life that I needed to straighten out. And God said, Lenny, you need to do this. And I couldn't, I couldn't hear from God. I couldn't fellowship with God. It, just, it was like it was a blank. When I finally surrendered that one thing, I felt like I was born again, born again. I felt like a brand new person. I felt like a, lay, a, low, a load had dropped off of my back. And all of a sudden, the door of worship was open. All of a sudden, the door of fellowship was open. 
with God. My, my prayer life had opened up because I had let go of that one thing. That one thing that was stopping my fellowship with God. And I had to do it. I'm not going to gamble my relationship with God. Come on, somebody. If that's you, you this morning, you got to deal with it. Praise God. I can't go make you do it. You have to shoot in the Lord, right? It's between you and God. But he goes on and he says this. Uh, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, it's easy in the light. We, uh, we have fellowship with one another. And, and the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from all sin. From all sin. The blood of Jesus. How are you going to get the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from all? When you start going toward the light. When you start walking in fellowship with God. When you start walking in fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus cleanses you. I feel that, man. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. What a powerful truth, right? Come on, somebody. This is the Lord. This is the way he does it. And I love it. I don't understand fully the ways of God, but I'm learning. I'm learning that he, for me to have fellowship with him, i got to walk in the light. My Lord, I, I, oh man, praise God. i I got to walk in the light. i got to walk in the light. I want you to close your Bible. I'm going to read some stuff to you. And, and I'm going to paraphrase, okay? I just finished reading out of chapter, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, to verse 15 to walk. It says, walk in the wisdom of God. This is the thing I need, we need to look at. What is wisdom? Listen, I was thinking about this morning. Many people, when you go on a job, who who you think is gonna get the first gonna get the first promotion? The one with more wisdom, right? The one that has more, you know, yeah, knowledge. Uh, the more that one is more equipped to do the job, right? So wisdom is powerful, brother Lawrence. It is powerful because it gives you an advantage over everybody else, right? The more experience. Goes to the, 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 the more, the, the, gonna, the job's going to go, in most cases, goes to the one that's more experienced. The one that understands the job. The one that understands how to do the work. You're not going to take somebody that just was hired the first day and put him on a, a high-tech job that he don't know what he's doing. He might kill somebody, right? Might destroy uh, property. He might wreck people's lives. You, you, you put somebody that knows what they're doing, right? Wisdom is powerful. When you look at wisdom, wisdom is a gift that comes from the Lord. And learning, reading your Bible, coming to church, praying, understanding God's ways, understanding what God wants of your life, it generates wisdom. So when you're going to get out there and you're going to see something sinful, you say, I ain't going that way. I ain't going toward that darkness, right? I'm going to walk toward the light. <laughs> I know that ain't right. God told, I know the Bible says it's sin. So you're going to go the other way. I'm on now. <laughs> Thank God for the Bible. <laughs> Thank God for the Word. Where will we be without that book? Huh? My Lord, where will we be? It goes on, it says, and I'm going to read you some paraphrase. In Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Have you heard that? 
Now, people say, you're not supposed to fear the Lord. Oh, you better fear the Lord. He's a God of judgment and a God that hates sin. And if you choose to go on the opposite side, go toward the darkness, you're going to find out just how it really is. I don't want to be on God's bad side, so to speak. I don't want to be in the darkness. In darkness, there's judgment. You hear what I'm saying? In darkness, there's you're away from the Lord. In judgment, God's going to execute judgment upon those that choose not to walk in the light. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. You, I better quote that again. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Listen, when you back up from him, you're drawn away from the light. See? Anytime you decide not to do what God wants, you draw away from the light. Anytime, you know, you stop praying, you stop reading, you stop doing the things that God calls you to do, you draw away from the light. And you know, look how easy it is. People stop reading their Bible. I mean, Brother Kevin was talking about this morning. It, it, it starts getting easier not to do it, right? It starts getting easier not to read your Bible. It starts getting easier not to come to church. It starts easier not, not, not to pray. I feel it one time I miss in prayer. And first, listen, when I get up and I, and I give God just a few minutes, he, he lets me know I want more. And my day don't go so well. <laughs> Come on. It don't go so well. Because yeah. God wants us, prayer is going toward the light, right? Reading your Bible is going toward the light. Going to church is going toward the light. You get where I'm coming from? Listen, I've been in church a long time. Uh, most of my time was here. And I've had some run-ins with people. But one thing me and Janice made it clear that we did what we were going to continue and serve the Lord. I had one of the best pastors in the world, I believe, my brother Mike. And when I called him up, I said, Brother Mike, I'm not feeling good today. He said, come, I'm going to pray with you. Pray lunch with you. I couldn't make any good excuse. And he made me feel guilty. Thank God he done it. <laughs> he No, he was right. Say, so hey, Come, we'll pray over you. I said, okay, I'm going. I kicked the, the, kicked the table or the chair. I mean, Janice would get up and go. I thank God. I thank God he done that. I thank God every day he done that. It didn't feel good when he did it, but I thank God he did it. I think it changed my life. I think it showed me where my priorities need to be, right? Anyway, let me go on. And I got knowledge. That's another thing. I gained wisdom. I sat as a little young puppy in this church. Didn't know much. <laughs> Sometimes I still think I don't know much. I think I know a little bit more than I used to, though. And I sat there and I listened. And I worshiped. I amened. Sang the songs. And I thank God I did it. I don't regret one minute I didn't come to church. Or pray. Or read my Bible. There's nothing. I mean, I feel the pressure. There's nothing I gain more than reading the Word and learning the ways of the Lord. To walk in wisdom, right? I'm going to stay a little bit more time on this one more than anyone else because I believe it's important. They're all important, but it says the beginning, Roman, um, Proverbs 1, 7, excuse me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But a fool that despises wisdom and instruction is going to be judged. 
A fool despises wisdom and judgment. I mean, wisdom and instruction. It takes a fool to say, I don't need that book. I don't care what that preacher says. I don't care what Jesus says. That's a fool. You want me to say that again? <laughs> it takes a fool to say, I don't want instructions. I don't need that preacher. I don't need Jesus. I don't need the Bible. I can make up my own mind. And you know what a lot of them are today? A lot of them in their graves. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I wouldn't trade all the money in the world than what I learned in 40-something years. Me and my wife's been saved. None of it. It takes a fool to reject God's word. It takes a fool to reject his instructions. It takes a fool to reject his correction. Because you're not going to find a peaceable, the, the, the peaceable joy of righteousness till you first submit to God's instructions and God's correction. Right? That's very important, praise God. That, that's, wisdom comes through that. James 3, verse 17, but wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, and, e and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits. Amen. Come on. God's wisdom brings good fruits. It brings mercy. It brings peace. It brings leadership. It brings hope. Everything you need, come on, somebody, is from the wisdom of God. The wisdom that comes from above, not from me. <laughs> not from religion. Listen, religion has a bunch of phony plans to make you righteous, and none of it's right. You got to light a candle, or you, you go to a certain disc, and you do a certain thing, thing and that ain't God. You're not going to get wisdom till you first listen to the Lord. You're not going to get wisdom till you first place your faith in His Word and what it says. And it brings forth the peaceable joy of righteousness, mercy, truth, and brings good fruits. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm looking for mercy. You're not going to get it without wisdom. <laughs> you know where I learned how to worship? In this church. You know where I learned about the rapture, the coming of Jesus? In this church. You know where I learned how to pray? In this church. I had to hear it. I had to hear it being preached. I said, you want, you, want, you want to make it with the Lord? You pray. You want, you're looking for Jesus to come back? You live a holy life. You serve Christ. You want to make it in the rapture? Amen. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Fix your eyes on the heavens from which your help comes from. I did it. I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't do it perfect all the time. I, feel, I flopped a lot of times, but a righteous man falls seven times, but he get it back up. I'm a hardhead when it comes to falling. I had the other day, I fell and broke my leg. My, sister, my daughter Lenny said, Dad, let me help you. I said, I'll do it myself. I get, she said, okay, get up by yourself. I got up. <laughs> my kids call me hard-headed sometimes. They're right. <laughs> but anyway, it produces good fruit, Brother It produces good fruit, Brother all of y'all. It produces good fruit. To follow instructions and the wisdom of the Lord. Wisdom is not something you learn, just listen to or hear. It's something you apply yourself to. Listen, when you want to learn how to do something, like you and I was coming up as a young person, when I had to go to school to get a CDL. I learned. 
Because even though I know how to drive a truck, I still had to learn the, tra- the, inner, the heartbeat of the truck. You get what I'm saying? I had to learn what made the truck run. How it functioned. Even though I could drive it, if I wouldn't have known those things, I'd have failed. I wouldn't have got my CDL. You know, that's why I like the book of John, because the book of John is kind of like the gospel to the church. See, the other four, the three gospels are great, but John gets personal when he says, except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of heaven. You couldn't tell that to a lost person. He told it to Nicodemus, a man that could quote the first five books of the Bible by heart. And he asked him, he said, how can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb? He says, unless you're born of the water and the spirit, you shall not enter in the kingdom of heaven. You get what I'm saying? Nicodemus was flabbergasted. Man, this is a, this is a scholar. This is a man that, that was a, a, a Pharisee, a scribe. And he couldn't understand being born again. So when John wrote his book, he was writing to the church. It's like that, that, that CDL, even though I could drive it, I had to know what made it work. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I had to put my head on the engine and hear what made it click. <laughs> I had to see what put it together. I could drive it, but I didn't know everything about it. I didn't know how the wheels you know, would stay on. I didn't know how everything functioned. I knew it just worked, right? And that's the same thing. When I started learning, especially when I got into business, I had to learn to save money. I had to take the wheels off. I had to take the brakes off. I had to take this off and that off. Now I can fix a lot more than I can than I used to because I got under the hood. <laughs> I learned wisdom. I said, if I'm going to save money, I better learn how to fix it myself. If I'm going to fix my life, I better get in the instruction manual and find out how it works. The driver's manual, whatever you want to call it, the Word of God, and find out how it works. Learn wisdom. Amen? Amen. I'm going to read you one more verse out of Proverbs. It says in chapter 2, verse 6, The Lord giveth wisdom. Who giveth the wisdom? The Lord. You're not getting it from me. I'm only a representative. I, I tell the Lord, Lord, I'm only a steward here. This is his church, okay? And I'm learning that every day. I'm here to serve. You're here to serve. Where, as Jesus said, when the, the disciples told the disciples, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. That was the words out of Jesus' song about the Lord of all the universe. I came to serve. The Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth. Come in knowledge and understanding. Somebody say that way. The Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth. Come in knowledge and understanding. Out of whose mouth? Do you know this book is out of God's mouth? Come on. you know this word is out of God's mouth? I didn't write this. If I wrote it being a flesh... I'd have made it easier, right? I'd have, listen, probably you too, brother. Don't look at me like you're crazy or something. You ought to did the same thing. You ought to made it easier so everybody could be accepted. <laughs> but I didn't write it. 
You didn't write it. God wrote it. God said he was holy. Listen, a lot of people think to think this is a fun Bible. It's not. They like to think it's a happy Bible. It's not. It's a holy Bible. <laughs> right? And what that means is that word is holy. And it comes from the Lord. Right? So when you get mad at a preacher like me or somebody else, don't get mad at him. Get mad at God. If he's saying what's in this book, you got two things. You could get mad and walk out and backslide on God, or you can go find out for yourself. If it's true, right? Get the knowledge for yourself. Read it for yourself. Find out for yourself. Hallelujah. Stand up. Praise God. Am I actually something? I want to ask you to pray for me and pray for this church and pray for each other, okay? As the Bible says, let's pray for unity, okay? Let's pray we come together as one church, one body. Listen, we're all one body. We're all, listen, I told, I told a, a black brother one time, I said, you know what? I said, what's the difference between me and you? Just this. We're all the same. We're all died in sin. We were born in sin. We needed a Savior, right? I told him, I said, you know the problem? We, 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 got we need to start telling everybody, you know what I am? I'm not, I'm not a black man, a white man, a red man, or a brown man. So I'm colorblind. <laughs> I don't see none of that stuff. I don't want to see color. Come on, somebody. Everyone has a chance to repent if they want it. No matter where you come from. Unity is what's needed in the body of Christ. I wish we had a church full of black people, white people, Indian people, Mexican people. I wish it was full. I'd, love, I'd have such a good time. Because, man, African-American people, they can worship. Oh, they put us to shame, man. Oh, look. I can steer him. Mm, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, I, I, lo I love it. <laughs> uh, they do better than me, ever. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I said. <laughs> and you know what? It's wonderful to have a body that's colorblind, right? Loving each other in unity and there for one another. We need to walk in love. Listen, I, I want to share something with you. I know I can't pastor this church if I don't love you. I'll be honest with you. I want, I want to reach out as much as I can in love. When I left for a little while, I thought about this place almost every day. I, I was thinking about y'all and I was loving y'all. I could feel it, man. I was, my heart was broken. And I want to uh, just love, just love for people. Man, you got to love people. You got to want to serve people. You know, we need to walk in love. For one another. When I had the toughest time in my life, I still say that, and most of you have heard me say, I'm, it's worth repeating. When I had got that accident, and I passed on that man with that machine. Oh, Sister Kathy, that was hard. Oh, man. You know, to watch him smash like a melon, you know? And all the devil could say is, how you killed him, nice in hell. Man, I try to preach to, too. I share the gospel with him. 
And when people would call from this church and say, Len, Brother Lenny, we love you. We're praying for you. Man, you don't know how much that meant to me. I had some of my, my worldly family that was at my house one day, and the phone started ringing. They, they, was, they were amazed that everybody was calling. You know? That people were calling, we love you. You remember that, Mom? We're praying for you. She went through this just worse than me because she was, we were one. She felt everything I felt. But I would have never made it if I wouldn't have had somebody loving me and praying for me. That's why I'm so strong about this ministry and what it meant in my life. Because when I needed it the most, it was there. You overlook everything else when you start seeing that kind of stuff, right? Thank God for the men and women that started this ministry, that started this church, that changed me and my wife's life because of love. That's the first thing I felt when I came through that door. I remember that so well. I walked through that door, I remember. The first thing I felt was the love of God. That was the first thing I felt. And I was a Christian. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> I didn't understand a Bible verse to save my life. But I felt it, man. I felt the love of God. We need to walk in righteousness. We need to walk in the light. Get out of, if you have some sin in your life, get out of it. Stop letting the devil steal your soul. Because he will do it. He will pull you to hell with him. Because he wants you separated from the Lord. Why do you think when you pray, he doesn't want you to pray? Why do you think when you, pray, when you start praying, the phone rings, Aunt Mary's coming over. She ain't been there for three years. <laughs> somebody, somebody, you know, somebody's going, oh, I need this and I need to go here. And Why do you think it happens? Come on, somebody. Because Satan doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to come to church. He doesn't want you to, to read your word. He, 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 you know, the devil hates you. Let me say that again. Satan hates you. And he wants you in hell with him. But I'm going to tell you, with everything that's in me, I, I ain't going there. And you ain't going either. Praise God. I, I pray you, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I'm, I'm prophesying, okay? <laughs> you ain't going to go either. But you have to meet the Lord in the light. Come on. And walk in wisdom. Get this book in your heart like it's never been in before, right? Read it. Understand it. If you don't understand something, call somebody that will explain it to you. Come on, somebody. Let the Lord minister to you. This is, this is the, the greatest preaching weapon they got. Huh? Jesus was the greatest preacher that was ever was. And he has his word in his book. Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for the people that are here this morning. I thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the word. I thank you for the, for the ministry here. I thank you for the worship. I thank you for souls. Thank you for what you're going to do in each one of our lives. Father, I just praise and honor you. And we give you praise and glory. This is your work. This is your church. This is your people. In Jesus' name.